All right, good morning, everybody. Hey. Afternoon. Whenever. Whenever. Welcome. Welcome. Finishing up Thessalonians today, last chapter, chapter five. Well, first Thessalonians, chapter five. I'm really super excited about doing it. I know we've we've already gone through it before, but we're going through it again. Um, if you're new, I know we've had a huge influx in new people. It's been super awesome. Um, some of you have in, reached out, and it's really cool to have you guys around. Um, if you haven't listened to our other podcasts on Thessalonians, please go back and listen to those. Those will give you a, a lot better idea of what I'm talking about here. Absolutely. Because I know... Th- Chapter 5 is a very, very popular um, chapter, so you know, people that could kind of just come along just looking for this chapter specifically and just stumble into it. So I want everybody to make sure and go look at the, at the first couple. You always um, want the whole book, too. everything yeah. in context. Yeah, and then we're going to continue on into 2 Thessalonians too. so we invite you to, to do that. But before we start, Go ahead and take a moment to pray. If you're new, I, I encourage you to take your own personal time for prayer. Um, remember that you're not listening to any man or anything like that. You're going straight to the word and and asking God to speak to you through his word and not through any any teaching or anything like that from anybody. And I don't want any eyes on me or anything like that. I know that sounds kind of weird for some people, but it's something else that I've explained in our previous uh, Bible studies about it. I know it can seem kind of weird. You're like, hey, why is he not praying? Um, but again, we're putting this out in an audio form, so I'd rather have you take your time to go out and pray. So take a moment to pray. And then, of course, if there is anything at all that we can do for you guys, lift up in prayer, counsel, someone to talk to, whatever it might possibly be, just reach out, let us know. You can go to APHomeChurch.com, and literally everything's on there. So, All right, going into chapter 5 here, Paul's still in the midst of explaining how all this rapture, second coming, uh, this resurrection, how all this stuff works, how it's all going to play out, because there's, there's kind of con- some... Just concern among the the Thessalonian believers. They weren't really sure. They were getting kind of, um, you know, troubled at some of these things. They're like, hey, what about Grandpa that died? Like, he's, you know, he's not going to be a part of this? Or what? Yeah, How's he's going to miss work? all of this. How does that happen? Um, so we left off in four with comfort each other with these words of the rapture. And Paul explains that, listen, it, it's all going to work out fine in chapter four. Don't worry about grandpa. Don't worry about it. So going into chapter five, he's talking here, um, giving them uh, just kind of some detailed information here that kind of makes us jealous because they know a little (laughs) bit more than we do. Um, But we'll see what they say here and we'll go through it. All right. Verse one. Now concerning how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. You're like, wait a minute. Yes, I need you. <laughs> write me all the to things. Write me <laughs> I want every detail of this. <laughs> Would clear up so many issues. Now we concerning have. how and when all of this will happen. <laughs> um, so I think I know how it's happened, but you know, you could you could clear up a lot of eschatology here for us, Paul, but he decided yeah. <laughs> not to do that. <laughs> a lot of guys would be out of but a I job think, right now if uh, we yeah, had I, that. I, I agree, but I think that he he gave us a, a 
um, a, a perfect amount of information to be able to build, um, you know, our case off of it. And we know how these things are going to end up playing out from this. So but he's telling them, we don't need to, I don't really need to write to you because Thessalonians was most likely written around the same time as Corinthians was when he was in Corinth. And we go to Corinthians 15, and you can tell that 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is explaining to the Corinth, the church in Corinth there that he tells them a mystery that not all of them will die, that will be all of a sudden, you know, taken and changed. He, he explains to them that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. So when when Christ comes with his kingdom, it can't, the people on we being his people can't just inherit his kingdom so we must be changed in order to inherit his kingdom we can't be flesh and blood we have to be made like him yeah to be able to do this so he's explaining that this must occur before the kingdom will come and so that gives this this gap period here where okay well flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom but will be changed so that gives that's another rapture verse right there in 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 15 um going back here to Thessalonians he says we don't really need to write to you cuz they know all of this they know all of this information for you know quite well that the day of the lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night why will, why do they know this because in a moment they'll be changed in a twinkling of an eye. They know, they understand this, in, they understand this teaching. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, so there's going to be just this general scoffing, everything is fine, it's been, and this is exactly what um, Peter says in, in Peter when he says, they will scoff about the coming of the Lord. They will say that, where is he? The things have been going on the same since the beginning of time. Why, where is he? That's when everything is fine. Don't worry about it. It's kind of funny how we see that now. We, we see this total. I saw a, um, I don't want to go too far off, but I saw a meme the other day that I think your brother posted, Heidi. But it was a picture of two girls on the back of this boat. And they were just staying. The boat was sinking it and it was. says America. It's so it funny. Says, so it's a boat sinking. Yeah. It's like totally going under. It's barely, you know, there's really only the tip of the bow left up. And the boat is labeled America. And then it's two girls. They're They're in bikinis. But it's that very like, you know, just like you would see bikini wearing women like posing type of a thing and their hair and makeup and the whole nine and it's them standing there on top of the boat just like smiling and posing and it's like they can't the other half of the boat people yeah (laughs) yeah the ship is sinking guys it's almost everything everything is peaceful and secure yes then this is where you have to to pay attention, these are these key words that we always talk about because these these words are are what are really important to understanding these order of events. Yes. So, when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, we have this time of just general peace and security, much much like every other time that that God has interacted majorly in human history. It's it, it's been a time of relative 
everything's fine. Don't worry about, mm-hmm. you know, but in reality, things are just crumbling and dying. Remember, this is can this is also compared to the days of Noah. Well, in the days of Noah, there was probably giants eating humans. So that <laughs> wasn't really not a peaceful and secure time. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. And the same thing with the with the Romans when when Jesus came in. It was it was peaceful and it wasn't. So it, it's this kind of everything is peaceful and fine. Um but if we pay attention here after everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them them not us them and then so we go then disaster what's disaster that would be the tribulation period will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains and there will be no escape which we constantly see constantly see throughout the old testament even jesus we talking see jesus about talk about it in matthew it's constantly we see that there's, being yes. shown as that like a pregnant woman all of a sudden mm. these labor pains begin and there's no escape right like you know anybody who's had a child you know when those labor pains begin they start and then they increase and then they're more frequent more intense i mean there's no going back the baby's coming so the tribulation period that falls on them which would be the whole world Once the tribulation period falls on them, that it's like a late, it's like labor pains. And if you notice in Revelation, the tribulation period gets gradually worse over time, like labor pains, and there's no escape. But you, that's the important verse carrying on here in verse four, but you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on guard, not asleep like others. Stay alert and clear-headed. Nighttime is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Okay. In verse 4 there, But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Why? Because we're supposed to be paying attention to these things. His sheep know his voice. They understand the things that are going on. This is why Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for not being able to tell that their Messiah was right in front of their face. They knew they just didn't, they wanted to reject it. They didn't want to believe it. That they, they completely just wanted to reject it because they love the praise from men more than they love the praise from God. So they sat there and rejected it and Jesus rebuked them for saying, hey, look, you you know how to and and honestly it blinded them their carnality blinded them from being able to see the messiah and he's saying you guys can tell when there's storms coming but you can't tell that your messiah is standing right here in front of your face okay but his sheep know his voice so we know 
all these feelings that everybody's been getting, you know, everybody's becoming real uneasy lately. People have been feeling the attack, the attack spiritually. Just, we can see the love growing cold in our world around us. You see all of this. Guess what? This is where we need to be clear-headed, sober-minded about these things. Realistic. Pay attention. Look what's really going on around. So we won't. And because we pay attention to these things, we won't be surprised. We won't be caught off guard. Are you looking for the return of Christ at any second? Of course. But even more so now because the conditions are continually degrading. So that this is our time to to pay attention to these things and then once we do these thing this thing this just doesn't it isn't a surprise for us. We're looking for the Lord. Our affairs are all in order and we are we are looking for this so we won't shrink back in that shame. Cuz during this time period many will shrink back in shame. All right. Well, and I think that was such a powerful uh, statement there. You know, I mean, you see the people even within the church that scoff and laugh at this, like there's no rapture, there's no nothing, you know, and and, and believe what you want to believe. That That's not the point of the focus here necessarily, but are you living your life truly as God's word calls you to? Are you truly looking for and encouraging others with the the soon return of Christ? Or when people aren't doing that, if you are not truly heavenly minded, if you're not focused and looking for the return of the Lord, it's real easy to not think about heaven, not live for heaven, to get wrapped up in this world, wrapped up in its stuff. And it's really clear not to do these things. Well, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3 that we will suffer loss. Yeah. Believers will suffer loss. And some will even just barely skate by. Yeah. So there, you know, there is a sense of, oh, man, I could have done a lot better. Dang it! Not so that. Is not that, that the feeling? That it's you not going to be glorious, have. but is yeah. this the the? I mean, we all have to think about the reality, and I think about it, and it gives me chills every time that I think about Absolutely. it. But we all have to think about the reality of the fact that one day we will actually be standing instead of just reading all of these things. Yeah. We will actually be standing in front of Christ. It's like, just let that sink in. Think about that. Oh, it's crazy. Just meditate on that, that one day you will stand face to face with him. But is that something you even think about? Something that ever crosses your mind? Or are you too wrapped up in the things of the world to even stop and go? That's why we reference the heaven and heaven for kids by Randy Alcorn. Are you going to be one more of those? I should have paid more attention. Yeah. I should have been 
better. I should have. I was too wrapped up in my career, my plans, my goals, my whatever. Regardless of the fact, you know, listen, remember that John fell at his feet as though dead when he was up. So we still have that submission to him. And even though we're saved and even though we made it and it's a victory for us, there's still that holy fear that exists. And if you think that that leaves at any point, you're wrong. Yeah. Because it doesn't. And the, even when we're there receiving crowns, there's still that that just holiness there that you're going to be, ah, I'm so not you. And it's, you know, you don't want to feel that in... in you know, like you said, it just, Paul says it, it's, they'll be saved, but barely, like, escaping through a wall of flames. Yep. And works are burned up. Things that you've done, your, your, your things that you've, you've put your time into, things that you've dedicated yourself to that have not been what you should have been. Mm-hmm. Don't let this catch you off guard. I mean, I think that's a huge warning to not letting you, you know, just get too, too comfortable. Or this is where I can say, uh, you know, I can, I can, I believe that back the black, the backslidden term comes in. I don't believe in backslidden. You don't go off and sin continue. You know, no, that's not. But there, there's a time when you become a little bit softer on your faith. You start to intentionally start coasting off. You stop reading scripture. You get involved more in in watching things that you shouldn't and doing things that you shouldn't instead of going and dedicating yourself. These types of things, you know, and then and then building up self, you know, pride and, and goals and things like this that are very easy for a Christian to do yeah. in living in this world. Um, we always think that it has to be some huge offense that is so blatant and no, it can be a fairly small offense that, that we're following our own, our own self as opposed to following what Christ wants for us. So it doesn't have to be something huge. So anyway, point being, we, we want to be looking for these things and be on guard and not be completely asleep like the non-believers. Yeah. And I think when Paul's Paul's speaking here, he's not speaking of non-believers as in the world. He's not he's not preaching out to the world. I mean, we know that the world will tribulation will come, but non-believers equals people that think that they're believers. They're just really not believers by the way that they live their lives. Not in every sense is Paul speaking that, but in this sense I believe that this is what he's saying. All right. Um you're going to have to remind me where we were because I've been talking for a long time. I don't think you've read four yet. Okay, I'll read four. That's where I have it. Up. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. And remember, he's been praising them for how amazing their faith has been throughout this whole letter. So he's he's assuming that they've been living their lives the way that they should and their priorities are where they should be. And that it won't surprise them. Verse 5. For you are children of the light and of the day. You don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear. I read all this, but I'm going to read it again. Did you? Yep. 
I'm sorry. Because I the whole now I remember now. Sorry, I must have went back up. Everybody's to it. like so annoyed right now, huh? Everybody's <laughs> like, he read this. It's okay. Everybody, verse seven. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear headed, protected by armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. This is our spiritual armor that we read about in Ephesians 6. Okay, the armor of faith and love, wearing as our helmet the confidence of salvation. Okay, verse 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. There's your most important verse right there for we why we will not go through the tribulation period. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. There's your rapture verse right there too. He saves us, not pours out his anger on us. There's no reason for him to beat his bride up. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. And then we are to encourage each other with these things. That we know no matter how bad it gets, he's coming. All right. And going back into 12 here. I had to pull it up now. I marked it this time, Heidi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Verse 12. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Okay. Encourage those who are timid. Not make fun of them. Take tender care of those who are weak. Tender care. Not just leave them on the side of the road and say that we don't give out participation trophies. This type of attitude is disgusting. Because it's not biblical. Paul's urging us. Warn those who are lazy, but encourage those who are timid and take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. Not combative, not abusive, not what you think that you should do. Patient. I need to learn this too. This is not something that is that I'm above or we all need to learn this. But as far as an attitude, especially amongst Christians and amongst the church, this tends to have a lot, or, or happens a lot. Matter of fact, I saw I saw something yesterday from a podcast, another podcast, a Christian podcast that was really disappointing. I'm not going to say anything, names or anything, but they had a, this this picture posted out with this dude. It was just like talk, you know, it was talking about um, toxic masculinity being a thing and how we need to kick sissy's butt and i'm like okay i understand a little you know what a little bit of where Slightly our culture is where i get it that, yeah. but 
that's not a biblical attitude at all, and it especially yeah. shouldn't be coming from a Christian podcast. I don't, I mean, that type of attitude to portray out to the world and to, to teach other Christians about that, that's, yeah, that's, that's unbiblical. How can you take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone with that type of attitude? Doesn't seem to make much weak. sense. Weak. Those who are weak. That doesn't mean just physically strong. That means mentally weak. Most of these people that have these issues that you perceive as being snowflakes or sissies or something else are mentally weak, but yet we don't have patience with them. What type of spiritual fruit is that? None. So that type of attitude would be the type of work that would get burned up real quick and it might get the Lord a little bit closer in your face. So be careful. See that no one pay in verse 15, see that no one pays back evil for evil what we don't even know what that means in our culture we have no idea what that means or you're just gonna sit there and get walked all over gosh can't do that but always try to do good to each other and to all people sure it's not always possible but that should be the goal but the goal is that always try to do good to each other and to all people but never pay back evil for evil. Verse 16, always be joyful. <laughs> Where's that at? Yeah. Verse 17, never stop praying. People don't even, we don't, the church doesn't teach you how to pray. People don't know how to pray. It's such a foreign idea for them, to them. They think that there's some sort of, Actually, I just said it. They think teach to pray. There's no teaching on how to pray. Teaching is communicating. Praying is communicating with God. And the Holy Spirit inside of you wanting that communication. So never stop praying. This becomes something that's part of your everyday life. Guess what? It's hard to really be make stupid decisions if you're always praying. It's really difficult. It really does. The more, the more you do that, if you stop and you pray before you start doing anything, eating, driving, going into the store, watching TV, getting on your phone, talking to someone, whatever it is, if you just privately say a little prayer before you start doing anything, it's amazing the difference. Even like going to do like household chores or things like that. Like I want to go in being annoyed, but if I get myself in the habit of just praying before I do anything it's really difficult it's really hard to still have a nasty heart and a nasty attitude about something imagine that this is makes it on brandon's top three verses that are allowed to be put on cups t-shirts <laughs> and anything else is first thessalonians five seventeen. never stop praying because that's a verse that's not taken out of actually context. used in context <laughs> unless you're I think just there's praying like for like your christmas wish list of gimme 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 then sure yeah. But, but never stop praying is something absolutely. that, well, then even then, I mean, if you're never, if you never stop praying that maybe the Lord will convict you of right prayer. if you're yeah. asking for all these things, yeah, uh, be I'll thankful in heart. all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Always be thankful in all circumstances, even in the worst. Yeah. Like That's there's no asterisk there. Like only when things are going well. Only when things are prosperous, only when you're winning, only when you're healthy, only when you have money, yeah. only when you have what you want. It's difficult to even, you know, 
honestly, there is times specifically, this is hard to learn, but I think everybody needs to learn it. There's times specifically that has been, that I've thought that I've just been freaking out or in just absolutely, and I mean, serious stuff that's happened even more recently. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, just say, for instance, like, you know, the things that were going on with my mom. I remember that one time yeah. specifically and all these things. All these things are just going downhill horribly happening oh, yeah, just one awful. right after the other. And I sat there and I'm going, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for all this trouble. Yeah. I don't mean this. I don't mean that in some kind of yeah. sarcastic, disgusting way or anything. But all these things that I'm going right now, it's making me at least feel I'm feeling that I need you and that I knowing that I have no idea what to do. I can't do it. I, I, I don't know what direction to turn. I don't know what to say. I don't even know how to, you know, you forget how to breathe sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? You go, you know what? Thank you. I'm alive. I'm dealing with this. This means that, that I'm alive at least, you know. So those, if you learn how to just, you know what? Thanks. If the worst possible thing happens to you, be thankful for it. Just start training yourself for that. Yeah. Instead of, you know. But truly thankful, not like, thanks for giving me the Yeah, not, not sarcastically, but be thankful. Yeah. Anything. You know, do you always have to have a reason? Well, we always have to try to justify it in our heads. That's why but, I love that saying that's like, uh, remember to be thankful for what you have for today because there was a time when you were praying for what you have today, mm-hmm. right? But then once you get to it, you, you think you need to be somewhere else. So then like. What I'm saying, how many times do you have a big happening in your life that you, you know, you look and you swear that you're not going to make it past this point in your life. Yeah. You don't know how it's going to make it. And then six months later, you look back on that moment and you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't that bad. And then you can actually see reasons why it shaped where you are now. And how many times does that happen? A lot. Sometimes you look back and you go, I still can't figure out why that happened. (laughs) That's just because that's not done yet. Yeah. The story's not finished. But there's a lot of times that you can look back at it and go, oh, you know what? That's probably a good thing that that happened because this didn't happen. Uh, we know that happens in my life plenty life of many times. times. Yeah. Most of our story is that. So I think that um, remembering that, that the hard times can just be indicative of the Lord working in your life. Not that he's bringing these times on you, but you know that he's carrying you through these. And this, for somehow, is going to be used for his glory, even though you can't figure out or can't see why. It'll somehow work out in the end. And you just at some point have to try to stop finding reasoning for it and give that all to him in order to feel better. You can't find reasoning. You just must accept and ask how to move forward. All right, verse 19. Thank you. (laughs) Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Everybody, please highlight that, circle it, mark it. Do not scoff at, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test 
everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Test everything that is said. Pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to your teachers, your pastors, me, whoever. Test everything that is said with scripture and hold on to what is good. Pay attention to these things. Consider them. Even if they make you angry and they make you rage and you think that you disagree with me or anybody else, test them. Think them. Think about it. Learn something new from it. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Every kind of evil. Not just one type, not every kind. That's That goes from the smallest little white lie to whatever it is. Stay away from it. Verse 23. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. I command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So Paul wanted this letter read to all the Christians of the church. And there's a command. This is very, very in indicative of scripture okay because paul is commanding in the name of the lord to read this thus identifying this as scripture so a lot of people will pick and prod at the rapture this type of premillennial theology and they'll say well this is something that was just invented no, it was actually something and complete understanding that was given to Paul, and it was it was absolutely accepted as scripture, as God's word. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But that wraps up First Thessalonians. I had a lot of fun with it. I hope everybody enjoyed it. If anybody has any questions or anything needs anything, please feel free to email me or message me. And if not, we will be back with 2 Thessalonians. Absolutely.